Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Scoop B Radio. Yes, come on. He, said, he thanks us for letting him be himself. So I thought it would only be appropriate that when we bring on Brandon Robinson, Scoop B on the show, that we play a little fam, Sly in the Family Stone for the gentleman known as Scoop B. NBA Insider, follow him on Twitter. Scoop at B. Scoop B on Twitter, the one and only Brandon Robinson. Brandon, how you doing on this day? Man, I'm doing good. Thank you for allowing me once again. To be myself. <laughs> we appreciate you coming on. First of all, happy new year. Hope you had happy a uh, good holiday season. We got to start with the with the hot topic in this area that I think is probably the most overblown story in the NBA, and that is the Jimmy Butler, Brett Brown issue. And listen, before you tell us you know, your perspective, what you think, let me tell you my my angle for the last few days, which is, look, I'm not trying to discredit. Woj, I'm not trying to discredit Ramona Shelburne. They're very reputable, some of the best at what they do. But I think their source had an agenda. And whoever their source is, I think that individual was trying to put information out there that really isn't fair to anybody involved in the situation because people know that Butler has a reputation that has been in some ways contrived. There is a perception of Brett Brown. There's a large segment of Sixers fan base that dislike him. So you're basically tapping into the negativity in two camps, bringing them together and basically getting a charged up story. What do you think? I like Wolves. I like Ramona. I know them both. Uh, what I will say is um, I can subscribe to your theory um, and a slow January. Uh, you know, February trade deadline is about to ramp up. Um, but I'll add this. I do think um, that... Jimmy Butler focuses well in chaos. Certain people focus well, you know, mm-hmm. not comparing him to this, but you know, there's certain family members that you have in your family. They focus well and they focus better in chaos than they do when everything is just quiet. Uh, I think with the 76ers and with Brett Brown, I think that the chaos of, of just being competitive and loving basketball and loving what you do and bringing your intensity every day uh, made a non-story a story. 
Um, and I and I think that anybody that you talk to who has played with Jimmy Butler will tell you um, that Jimmy Butler is is a competitor, but that you know it's it's it, it is what it is. Former Sixer coach uh, Mo Cheeks one time got into a film session um, argument with uh, Darius Miles, and Darius ran into to, to Mo Cheeks and said, "What you gonna do? You gonna run and tell your daddy?" Talking about the GM. Um, Players and coaches have run-ins and, and tape rooms all the time. I actually talked to, to uh, Darius Miles about that in September, um, which you can hear on Scoopy Radio podcast. And he said, uh, basically, um, they're the best of friends now. You know, <laughs> even if there was an issue in the tape room, I'm sure they've moved past it. And I think sometimes people don't understand that players who are teammates, they're a big family. It's not going to always be hunky-dory and roses all the time. Brennan, when you talk about Jimmy Butler and his fit on this team, and obviously there's been a lot of stories written. First, Butler, you know, comes here, he doesn't want to do a lot of pick and roll. Then he does want more pick and roll. Uh, I look at the Celtics game on Christmas because obviously when you talk about the Sixers, you're talking about them facing the higher echelon of the Eastern Conference, Toronto, Boston, Milwaukee. I felt like late in that game, besides the Joel Embiid post-ups, which were obvious, Jimmy Butler could have used more pick-and-roll instead of being in the quote-unquote Robert Covington catch-and-shoot role, especially when you have Ben Simmons on the floor where at the end of games it doesn't look like he's comfortable shooting the basketball. Uh, What do you see long-term as Jimmy Butler's role this season in this offense? I think Jimmy Butler solidified his role early on, and I think the honeymoon is over. Uh, you saw them win a, a bunch of, of, of uh, games. I think they had the game against Charlotte. They had the game against Brooklyn um, where he just was a fit right away. Then he got hurt. Then, you know, reality sat in and you got to see people's, you know, how people really work. Uh, I think Jimmy Butler is the, is the, is the guy on that team, but he's the guy amongst guys. You know, you got two guys in Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid who, are establishing their roles themselves as young players. And I think sometimes this might be a curse word to say on your show, not literally, but I think that, um, that I think, I think Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid have gotten a superstar treatment early on in an NBA where if you have one good year or a year and a half, you're automatically just assumed to be this cornerstone guy. And I think sometimes maybe, maybe those two guys got that role too fast and now they're around somebody who's a bona fide all-star. And so you're looking at those three guys and you're saying who was the face of that franchise. I hope I hope you guys are still there. You didn't hang up the phone. No, 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 no. We're here. We're here. We're here. Uh, <laughs> listen, and I I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm not one of these guys who who just automatically so listen, I think Joel Embiid at this point is a superstar. He's an all-star. He's a guy mm-hmm. that on any given night can give you 25 and 12 or whatever the case may be. I think Joel Embiid has kind of established himself as a guy to build around. Now, at sure. the same time, when you have a guy like Jimmy Butler on the team who has been there and done that and put in the work in the playoffs, who has been to all-star games, Team USA, etc., I think that he right now should be ahead of Embiid because of the work that he's put in and just being there and done that. And Embiid hasn't learned yet how to win playoff series and kind of go through the rigors of NBA seasons. He's still learning that. When you come to a Ben Simmons, I think that this, he's a generational talent. Don't get me wrong. But there's still a lot to develop when it comes to his game and his mindset late in games. I think that Ben Simmons is a generational 
passer. Uh, he can handle the basketball. Uh, him playing the point guard position the way he did last year was phenomenal, winning rookie of the year, etc. But he's not a superstar in this league yet, and he's not even an all-star yet, which I maintained on this show and earlier this year. If he's not named an all-star this year, you have to really start to think about, okay, did we anoint this guy too soon? I think it comes with time. I think, and I've said this before, I think the Sixers exceeded expectations. I, I think they exceeded expectations last season. You know, going into last season, I considered them an AFC. They exceeded those expectations. And I think now teams and other opposing players are used to the Sixers. And I think now adding Jimmy Butler to the puzzle, uh, those three guys have to figure it out. And and I think early in the season is the time to figure that out. I was meeting with my editor yesterday and I said, you know, I'd love to be on a team on, on the editorial side where, you know, you come in and people know your work, but then sometimes you clash and then you find a way to work it out and you guys are still one big happy family and it, feel, it feels like that's what the Sixers are going through and to be quite honest with you I think the Celtics are going through the same thing Toronto's going to come down to earth eventually you know they might have a, a, a tough spell but they're still a solid team I think the Sixers are a solid team but I think they're missing a couple pieces and it's really and truly at the at the point guard position coming off the bench and at the two guard position coming off the bench Brandon Robinson joining us here on the boardwalk on the hotline on 97.3 ESPN you know, I think part of the problem is that when you when you talk about this Sixers team, part of the problem is that we're in a microwave society. Everybody wants their mac and cheese in a minute thirty or less. Nobody wants to actually have to be patient yuck. and let things you know cook and develop. Well, yeah, it is yuck, but that's what people want. People people want the boardwalk pizza with the sloppy sauce and the cheap cheese on the cardboard instead of actually having to wait for the real deal down the street. At the end of the day, people want what they want, and they want it now. They don't want to wait for it, and they, people are so impatient with development, with growth. Michael Jordan didn't win a championship for about, what, 9, 10 years? LeBron, even when he got to the finals, it was him and Ira Newbill, for goodness sake. You know, you're talking <laughs> about where this is a league where it takes time for guys to develop, and I think that people, in some ways, they're expecting these players because they get drafted in the top five to be finished products. And when you look at Embiid and when you look at Simmons, look, I think Embiid's one of the five, potentially five, ten best players in the league. But at the same time, he's still got a long way to go. Ben Simmons is nowhere near a complete product. So to me, I look at the Sixers and I say, look, I think people are being way too impatient with them in a league where at the end of the day, People thought Steph Curry was going to be a bust because of all his ankle issues. A few years later, he's league MVP. Surely. And when you talk about the whole Steph Curry thing, a buddy of mine, Charles Jenkins, was Steph Curry's backup. Uh, went to college with him at Hofstra University. And uh, Charles is overseas now, and Steph Curry has you know, won multiple championships. And that's not indicative of Charles's play. It's just he didn't fit in that system. If you're listening, hello, Charles. But what I'll say is uh, you being local Philadelphia media, it's easy for you to say that because you see the team in, in and out daily. Um, the national audience only looks at the, the, the standings and say, well, what's wrong with Philly? And the other thing is, when you look at the NBA's Eastern Conference, to be honest with you, they're as competitive, they're more competitive than what people thought they would be, and they're actually mirroring what people in the offseason thought that the Western Conference standings would look like. Like, there's actually good teams in the Eastern Conference. Um, we don't have to stay up late to watch the Western Conference games because the Eastern Conference is just that doggone good. And so I, I think when you look at the Sixers, Maybe you need to go back to the whole trust the process moniker because the process came fast. 
you know, Philadelphia is a championship city with Villanova, uh, the Eagles winning last year and then beating the Bears um, over the weekend. Um, and, and I think that um, I think that Philadelphia in some ways has maybe become a, a little impatient because they're used to winning. And I think that this process has to kind of weigh itself out a little bit more. Uh, and, and I still add that I think that there are some pieces that are missing. You know, I reported that Jamal Crawford would be coming to the Sixers this offseason, and I told you that um, there were some things that, that may happen. I, I spoke to a couple of sources that say Jamal Crawford may still be coming to Philadelphia, and that may actually help Philadelphia off the bench where they need help. Yeah, you know, I was I was thinking about that yesterday because, you know, the buyout market, I think, is where the Sixers could really hit. You know, you look at a guy like Ariza, he looks unhappy as anything in Washington. Mm -hmm. You look at a guy like Crawford, he's barely getting any minutes over in Phoenix because they have a glut of wings out there. So, to me, I think if you add a Crawford, you add a Ariza to the Sixers, I think you elevate them from what they are now, which is three-star type players with a very subpar supporting cast to a team that has a lot more depth and a lot more substance because anyone who watches the Sixers knows that, like last night, Embiid, monster game. Ben Simmons, almost another triple-double. Jimmy Butler, 20-plus points. The rest of the team didn't really show up. Gentlemen, buyout season is coming very soon. Hint, hint. <laughs> <laughs> so, so speaking of the buyout market and guys that could be added, uh, let's not forget that this team still is waiting on two guys and Zaire Smith and Markel Fultz potentially. Now, both are in different categories. Zaire Smith is a rookie who has not played yet. So you're hoping that he comes back just healthy enough to play so you, he can show what he can give. Obviously, his defensive potential is immense. Also, uh, he's a work in progress from the three-point line. Markel Fultz is a whole nother story as far as him going through the TOS. And uh, last time we heard, he was supposed to have some type of um, reevaluation this week. We're on Thursday, and we still haven't heard anything. Uh, what are Philadelphia's mindset when it comes to Markel Fultz and Zyra Smith and maybe them adding a bulk to the bench before they consider buyout options? You still want me to talk about Markel Fultz in the show? Last time I did, I got in trouble. <laughs> um, Markel Fultz, to me, um, you know, the rehab process and all of those different things, I think it's great um, for media talk. But I also do think that um, I think that well, I know that Philadelphia and, and, and Markel Fultz and his camp are now on the same page and I do know that, you know, there is talk of a, of a potential move. Where that'll be, I'm not quite sure on that yet. Uh, but I do think as much as things have been said about Markel Fultz, he's still a young kid. And you hope for the best for Markel Fultz because it's his dream to play in the NBA. It's easier to get there than it is to stay. And so now you have these criticisms and these this talk about whether or not he's a durable player. But let's not, let's not be mistaken going into the season – he was the backup two guard or backup point guard that you thought he would be running the offense. Personally, I still think that Phoenix would be a place um, that Markel Fultz would flourish in a young offense uh, with the DeAndre Ayton and some of those other people. I still say that uh, he is on the trade market, but he's got to kind of showcase that talent. Kind of how with LeBron James being you know, injured and sidelined for a little while. Those guys, Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball and, and Kyle Kuzma, are showcasing their talent for potential trade opportunities. And I think the same thing is going to happen. I see Markel Fultz coming back, and I see Markel Fultz um, kind of showcasing his talent and seeing what happens. If it's not this season in a trade, it'll definitely be next season. But 
you're right. You haven't heard anything from his camp as it relates to Zaire Smith. Haven't seen much from him since highlights in college. Uh, you know, obviously he was the guy that Brett Brown and his GM role uh, brought in in, in, in a controversial uh, trade for a former Villanova product that was supposed to come in Philadelphia and, and star. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. And Zaire Smith is a guy who played a big man position as a small guy. Um, I hope, you know, for his sake, he comes back. It was definitely a terrible blow for him to have to miss out on uh, playing in the early season. The Sixers could have used him. But, you know, as it stands right now, you know, T.J. McConnell is the face of that second unit under Brett Brown's system. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how those guys uh, are, are, are acculturating to a system in their absence when they come back. Brandon, I know that you're a guy. You know, you're you're very well versed in a lot of things. So I'm I'm gonna throw something out at you, and you can comment on it how you please. You know, there's an old saying: those who don't learn from history are bound to repeat it. And I'm not trying to slot anybody in the slots, but I think people forget history. And part of history was there was a headline back in the mid 1980s when Michael Jordan missed his entire one season due to a knee injury, but Sam Bowie excelled, and people suggested that Jordan was going to be the bust and Sam Bowie was going to be the superstar. Yet a year later, it's Bowie with a leg break again, and it's Jordan Duncan from the foul line. So in some ways, I kind of wonder, people are so impatient with Fultz in this whole thing. I think Fultz still has a chance to come out the other side and be something special. Well, Sam Bowie played for the Nets. So, you know, I, I, I on on this side of the Hudson, I know about that. Um, even Jay-Z made a, a reference to Sam Bowie. Uh, he said, I ball for real. Y'all blanks are Sam Bowie. That's horrible to have the best rapper in the world currently uh, dissing <laughs> you. I think that at the end of the day, um, you don't want history to repeat itself. I mean, you even saw that in, in, the, in the draft that brought Kevin Durant and the difference between Durant and Greg Oden. It's always that one bus, and, and and sometimes that can just mess with you psychologically, and um, you know you you hope that things work itself out for the Sixers, but um, I think uh, more than anything, the thing that the Sixers I think kind of messed up on when it comes to drafts is the fact that they let Sam Hinkie go. He's the reason why Joel Embiid is sitting there, and um, you know I, I you know as much as this is a Philadelphia show, you got to do right by people. And, uh, you know, I, I still take it back to history repeating itself. Why was Brett Brown responsible for for, uh, for drafting Zaire Smith? Um, I, I trust Elton Brand because Elton Brand has brought in Jimmy Butler. But Sam Hinkie put the infrastructure together post-Allen Iverson era and that middle part. And, you know, I was upset when they traded Michael Carter-Williams. But look at where Michael Carter-Williams has kind of floated since then. Maybe Hinkie knew something we all didn't know. This is a guy who was a rookie of the year. I think for Philadelphia culture, though, you got to write the ship. But I think for basketball purposes, I think in Philadelphia 76ers history, you guys actually have something to talk about. Um, I think post, you know, NBA Finals, uh, when Iverson and Larry Brown and those guys went to the finals, we haven't really had anything to talk about. You've had competitive teams. Sure, you've had Iguodala. Sure, you've had Chris Webber. Uh, sure, um, you mentioned Iron Newble. I don't know where he fits in that conversation, but I felt led to mention that name. You've had names <laughs> like Iron Newble who've just been floating in you, and you out. Like, you, like, you like that pull, don't you? You like that. Well, I mean, in I, all I fairness, like Eric Snow like was on that. both teams. I like that. But I, more than anything, man, I, I just want I want to see the Sixers get it right. They're, you know, the fans are going to always stick behind them, but – you know, you got to do due diligence to put the right product on the floor. And it's still very early in the season. 
Um, I think that the Sixers have a chance to do something special if they lock in, and hopefully the new year serves its purpose. But, you know, distractions like Jimmy Butler and things of that sort uh, don't do good for the fans and their their morale. But at least we got the Eagles as a distraction, man. Did you see that kick? <laughs> How could we miss it? It was, it was a double doink, man. <laughs> <laughs> people, Double people, were, people were losing their minds. I heard stories of people crying after that game. It was ridiculous. Hey, li- listen, I, let, let's, let's hit on a couple of NBA topics with you before we let you go league-wide. And we always appreciate your time here on 97.3 ESPN. Cool. Again, follow him on Twitter, at Scoopy. Brandon Robinson, NBA insider, a friend of the broadcast, joining us on the Boardwalk Honda Hotline. When you look around the NBA right now, is the Eastern Conference – better than people thought and is the western conference worse than people thought i think that the nba eastern conference is better um than what people thought they would be i wasn't surprised um only because i feel like certain guys i think lebron leaving had a part to do with it but i also just think teams legitimately got better um even a Pistons team who's in ninth place or an Orlando Magic team that's in 10th place, they've been exciting to watch. The Wizards have been disappointing to watch because you've had John Wall issues. You've had Dwight Howard issues. We ain't touching that. Um, and then you've had <laughs> issues with, you know, Trevor Ariza coming in and Kelly Oubre leaving and finding greener pastures. But then you've seen the Pacers step it up. And I think that was a confidence builder post-playoffs against the Cavs last year. Um you know, even the Miami Heat. This is Dwayne Wade's farewell tour, so they can't. Uh, they can't Derek Jeter him. He's got to make the playoffs, at least. The Western Conference, the Nuggets. I knew would be a top four team. I never thought they'd be sitting in first place. The Trailblazers. I knew they would do all right. The mm-hmm. Lakers, AFC. Mm, I I envision them being a top five or top six at this point, and I'd expect the Clippers to do so well. So I think there are certain teams that have surprised me, Um, even the Kings starting out strong. They're in 10th place currently. The Timberwolves, eh, there's a lot of different things that surprise me about certain teams. But overall, I just think that the NBA season so far has been exciting on both sides. But the Eastern Conference, we're East Coast guys. I, I, I like the way that we don't have to stay up late. And we can actually enjoy, you know, local games at local times. So, Scoop, last thing, I, I, and this, and I really want to get your thoughts on this because this is a two-part question. Uh, one, do you, what do you think is going to happen in the second half of the season? Some storylines that could keep going as far as the Kings. Scoop. Can they make the playoffs? Can they finish it off? Or some teams that you think will fall back to the wayside? And I've heard a lot of noise with the Zion Williamson to the New York Knicks kind of conundrum. Could the Knicks tank for Zion? Uh, just dreaming about a possible Zion Porzingis front court for years to come. Uh, kind of give me your thoughts on those two things. Okay, so you asked a lot of things. Number one, this is what I'll say. Zion Williamson to the Knicks, um, it, it makes you wonder if it'll happen only because the NBA has kind of changed or mandated the uh, the draft process to go a little different to counteract the tanking process. So we, I guess you'll have a couple of teams who actually could make it in the first, you know, the top five or the top six uh, picks that may not necessarily be bottom feeder teams. Um I, I think that the NBA has have always found a way to make the, the team that's been bad end up having a superstar. You think of Patrick Ewing back in the day. You think of um, LeBron James in 2003. The NBA st- somehow finds a way for a star to be where they're supposed to be. That's the answer to your Zion Williamson question. The Knicks would be great. I think the, But at the same time, I think that Cavs fans long for a superstar that's built like LeBron to play for the Cavs. 
Um, so in answer to your question, I don't know. Um, <laughs> the other question was what? It was, I can't remember. It was basically what storylines in the second half do you expect to keep going? Like, will the Kings make the playoffs, finish it off? Will the Nuggets stay in first place? Like those things that are happening right now, do you think that they can sustain? I think that um, the Warriors are going to surge in the second half of the season. I think that with with uh, Boogie Cousins coming back um, and those guys locking in on the championship, I kind of think that those that the Warriors have kind of just been comfortable. Um, and they've also dealt with injuries. Steph Curry being hurt, Draymond and 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 uh, Kevin Durant going at it, and then just the allure of what will happen with Boogie Cousins. I think that you'll see in the second half a surge Warriors team. I also think you'll see a surge Houston Rockets team. And I also think that if Anthony Davis is not traded uh, by the trade deadline, which I've reported, uh, is a huge possibility. I think that that Anthony Davis stuff is going to carry over all summer and whether he'll be a Laker or a Celtic will be a daily conversation. I think that's how it's going to wrap up. I still think that um, the Raptors and and the Sixers are going to be battling in the Eastern Conference. And uh, it will be great to see, although I know this is Philadelphia, for the history of basketball, it will be great to see a non-U.S. team in the NBA Finals. That's a huge possibility. That's going to be something that's talked about. But hopefully, because I'm on Philly, I'll say hopefully it goes the Sixers' way. Brandon, one more before we let you go. And again, folks, give them a follow on Twitter, at Scoopy, for all your NBA insights and updates. Uh, Brandon, are you familiar with Star Wars? Yeah. All right, well, I want to welcome you to the dark side because Uh – I've been preaching for a while, and I've been getting crazy looks from Deshaun and everybody else because I believe that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the greatest NBA player of all time. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. (laughs) And I'm seeing that you have come to the dark side, that you are joining me in the understanding of the greatness of Kareem and his impact on the history of the NBA. So can you enlighten some of the younger folks about the greatness of the one and only Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Well, if you look at my Twitter, uh, I was on a show uh, here in New York City um, where I was basically discussing an interview that I did with uh, Gary Vitti, who um, was the Lakers trainer for 32 years. He went all the way from Showtime Lakers all the way to Kobe. And basically, uh, Gary Vitti, who appeared on the Scoopy Radio uh, podcast, said to me that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was the best athlete to ever play. And, you know, that really started all the way from high school all the way to his NBA career. I mean, he won two, he won championships on both teams he played for with the, with the, uh, with the uh, Bucks when he was Lou Alcindor and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar when he was in with the Lakers and, you know, did his thing in college and just always found a way to just be a winning guy and had the, the sky hook that was just unstoppable. And he was a good defender as well. And uh, Gary Vitti said that he felt that uh, Kareem was a better athlete, overall athlete than both Tom Brady as well as uh, Michael Jordan. And um, I've just been reading ever since then. I posted a video on Twitter and, uh, you're welcome to interpret it. But, yeah, for the young people who are tardy to the party, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is, is definitely a guy that uh, has done a lot. Two-time scoring champion, six-time uh, NBA MVP, six-time NBA champion, Nate Smith Basketball Hall of Famer, and uh, 19-time NBA All-Star as well. Played him through his 40s. Scoop, 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 scoop. I am not by no means necessarily disrespecting the greatness of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah, you are. But this buffoon over here saying that he is the best basketball player to ever play, I, I just don't understand what he's talking about. I don't understand. He knows too much basketball to be talking like this. I mean, this is ridiculous. I cannot condone the the, the 
just ridiculousness because of what Josh you, is saying. You grew up in a world where Jordan and Iverson were guards. You didn't get to appreciate the greatness of the big man. And the big man who has more talent than just dunking like Shaq does is undervalued. That's why Embiid is incredible to watch or Anthony Davis because when the big man is talented, it's incredible. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Listen, there's always going to be a guard who can score. Look at Stephon Marbury. But when you have a guy who's that big, who's that unstoppable, that's greatness. Did you just compare Stephon Marbury to Michael Jordan and Allen Iverson? No, I'm saying there's tons of guys who are guards who can <laughs> score, but there's not tons of big men who have uh, the done. who I'm have done. the fluidity I'm done. I'm and done. talent. I'm done. I'm done. I'm not entertaining this no more. <laughs> Scoop thoughts. <laughs> I I. I you lost me at the Marbury and, and Jordan thing, but but hey, in your defense, Marbury is the man in China. He is. He's he's a he's a superstar <laughs> over there. <laughs> but Marbury side scoop. We really do appreciate your time here on a Thursday. Appreciate you chiming in and uh, you know putting up with us and always making time for us. Thanks, Scoop. Of course. Thanks for letting me be myself. Scoop B Radio. Oh my God. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.